0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito Com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thief Steaks ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Com.
1: Well, that there was a wild, wild game. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Milwaukee Bucks by a score of 128-127 to in overtime in Milwaukee on the first game of a five-game road trip, Eastern Conference road trip. What a fantastic victory, Matthew.
0: Beautiful victory, dude. Did you think this whole game, I was like, I don't think the Suns are going to win this game. They won it. This is the first time in a while where I was like, I don't think the Suns are going to win, except for the San Antonio Spurs game. But usually I'm just like, they're going to win this game. They're going to pull it out. Tonight, honestly, I didn't think they were. (laughs) Somehow they did. They just didn't quit. It was awesome, dude. Great defense towards the end.
1: Exactly. Defense, as Eddie Johnson said on the broadcast, defense travels. And that's what truly was the, the ultimate marker of this game and what ultimately affected that final score was the fact that the Suns had the ability in the last five minutes put up some defense to actually stop mm-hmm. the opposition, the Milwaukee Bucks from doing what they were doing that made them successful during those little runs throughout the game. So uh, it's just a, a massive victory for the Phoenix Suns, man.
0: It was awesome, dude. I was actually, I was standing up watching this one most of the time. Overtime games, uh, I've said it before, honestly not a big fan, but this one was an exception just because of how how hard the Suns had to fight back to get into this one. It's like it had to make room for overtime and they've dealt with a lot of great shots from the Bucks, dude. Like the Bucks were when you thought the Suns had it won in overtime, the Bucks came back. Fourth quarter, you thought the Suns might have had it towards the end. The Bucks made some big shots. So it was one of those teams, you know. I mean, one of the best teams in the East. They're overlooked, but we handled business, dude.
1: Yep, definitely a playoff atmosphere as the Suns beat the Bucks. So plenty to talk about on this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So thank you if you are joining us along live. Whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we truly appreciate it. Make sure you you follow the show on Twitter and the Phoenix Fans app at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Add Matthew Lucy Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you are watching along live on that platform. And go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Give us a like. Give the Suns a like for this huge victory over Milwaukee this evening. Uh, you can become an elite jamster by k- clicking the join button or by following the link in the description. And feel free to donate to the show via the Super Chat because we can use it for beer money and Matthew's facial Rogaine products. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Suns <laughs> podcast network. Leave a five-star <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts and we'll Read it here on the pod. Email the show with a question. Suns jam session at gmail.com. And a quick shout out to our nephew, Eric, who's watching along with uh, live. Eric uh, was with us this weekend. He's becoming a huge jamster. So shout out to Eric. Right, Matthew.
0: Yeah. Future Suns fan in the making. He's learning the Suns right now. He's, he's knowing the jerseys. He's like, which one are we? That's the stage he's at right now. So right now he's trying to learn the most he can in a great season. What a way to be a Suns fan, right? You avoid the, the last 10 years. You jump into this season Ah, it's just perfect, right?
1: And Eric wore number forty-six in his youth basketball league for the Suns, so he's rocking the Aaron Baines number. So he's the same size as
0: Aaron Baines. Too. Yeah, seriously, he's huge. He's, <laughs> he's huge. A, so he's a big kid. So shout out to him, <laughs> and shout
1: out to all the jamsters who are joining us live. Uh, drink them if you got them, Matthew. What are you rocking I tonight?
0: One. I got one for this one. We had a I few briskies this weekend, but I gotta, I gotta have another one.
1: Let's keep it going. Uh, drink them if you got them, Suns fans. Pop them. Sounds like the cops just showed up back there. Oh, always. Cheers. Let's talk about this big victory, y'all. Your Phoenix Suns now have a record. Of 41 and 16 after defeating the Milwaukee Bucks on the road in Cream City, which is a pretty interesting name for a city to be called Cream City, mm-hmm. wearing very ugly uniforms. So, Matthew, <laughs> the Suns beat the Bucks. Yeah. Are the Bucks an underrated team?
0: They are, and I mean, we talked about a last pod where Giannis is just doing the same thing every year. And what you can compare, like what the what the Bucks are, I thought about it. Like in the fourth quarter, the paint area where Giannis is the best at, that is basically the season, the playoffs for the Bucks. Whatever they can't, whatever he can't do in the paint, is basically like what he, they can't do in the playoffs or important games. You know, it's just like he's always stopped. I know he, he had the game-winning shot tonight. And he fell. I mean, that happens sometimes. Maybe it was a cramp sitting him a little bit earlier because I'm pretty sure he had cramps. Mm-hmm. But it's just like that paint area, it's so tough for him at the end of games in playoff situations. And like that is just like their whole season. It's up to what the hell they can do in the paint. I know they got some great threes when he was out of the game. Maybe they should focus more on that instead of having Giannis have the ball and take it, take someone to ISO. But that paint area, dude, it's, it's tough for them. And the Suns held strong. D.A. played the best defense I've seen him play oh, um, this year in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's played stellar defense this year. But what he did against Giannis was amazing.
1: Yeah, Giannis is, I mean, we talked about in the last podcast in which the Suns also won by one point. In that game, I believe we won 125. 125- Six to one twenty-five, so very, very similar scores in both of the games that we've beaten the Bucks this year. Uh, side note: In both games, we've beat the Bucks this year, uh, but we talked about that. That Giannis is ultimately a cheat code. I mean, the way that this guy plays, the ability that he has—he's a two-time MVP, he's a Defensive Player of the Year, he is the complete package. And you know, you, you can't get overly frustrated with it because it's yeah. just—he—he—he he, he earns it. Now, don't get me wrong; like every professional player he bitches and moans and whines a little bit too much for my liking. But you know what? We have Devin Booker and Chris Paul and and DeAndre Ayton. So, I mean, every team has guys who do that. But you look at how Giannis Antetokounmpo played in this game. 12 for 22 from the field, 33 points, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, two assists, eight rebounds, uh, one block. You know, just a, a very solid game for him. But unfortunately, as you mentioned, he had that cramp at the end. And instantly, everybody's like, oh, no, non-contact injury. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the play before that, when essentially it was the first play in overtime for the Bucks, where they ran an offensive set, and Devin Booker just played some an amazing weak side defense, yeah. shut him out, stole the ball. It looked like he fell on the other side. Then he came down, he blocked or goaltended. You know, depends on what your definition of what he did on that play to Devin Booker was. And that's where his toe cramped up. So, you know, it, it wasn't... Uh, the the ending that the Bucs fans obviously wanted to see Giannis Antetokounmpo on the sidelines, but I mean this guy is such a fantastic uh, uh, presence and player, and to see DeAndre Ayton have that litmus test, we've we've kind of been talking about this a lot recently about how certain games and certain match certain matchups are litmus tests for DeAndre Ayton, and this road trip will be just that to see him start off this game. As as solid as he did was something that, even though it's early in the podcast, it's definitely definitely worth. Aiden, watch twenty twenty one. DeAndre Aiden's a man, dude.
0: He is, and we figured that out too. On I think DeAndre's first move that he made on Giannis when Giannis pulled the flop, I yes. was come on like like come on like Aiden's trying to play defense out of you. Play some defense, Giannis like man up a little bit that that take though was great I think Aiden did a great job even his jump shots today anything he was doing around the room was fantastic he was catching the ball in traffic finishing the ball like that's something that you want to see in traffic and he had those up and unders that he has you have seen him throughout the season but he had two of them he was one for two today but the up and under where he'll take the guy off the ball go underneath the rim and try to lay it up one of them was against three dudes <laughs> under yeah. the rim and he still got it up it just didn't go in so you could see him trying to work on that instead of just like the little turnaround jump shot which he's money from he's still trying to take it to the rim and you love to see that dude but his defense tonight it, it when you're watching Giannis, you're like 29 points going into the fourth quarter and you're like okay so he's gonna get 40 again right yeah. No, he he doesn't it. it's just he like, ends like with 33 and, ends up 33 and Aiden just took it up a notch on defense. I think he just starts to do that in the fourth quarter. Save your energy a little bit. Be there defensively. Keep your hands up. But then he puts some extra oomph into it in the fourth quarter, which – it's exactly what the Suns needed against Giannis. I think the rest of the guys, like you said, Booker, Chris Paul in the paint, they were holding their own too. And you you needed that. And it was a team effort on defense. But Aiden was the leader of that. Aiden was definitely the the leader that we need him to be after a terrible game from everybody last game. It's like what are you going to see from him? It's the same thing you're probably going to see the next game against the Sixers. You know, someone that's excited to play against these superstars where. He hopes to become that guy one day, and he's he's on he's on track there right now.
1: Yeah, it's so much fun to watch as one of our elite jamsters, Ernesto Quintero, says in the chat, he says he's all grown up now. Our little DA is growing up before our eyes. And to see, I, I think you made an absolutely great point how you know during the game, he, he wasn't dominating necessarily uh defensively, but he was altering shots. And, you know, whenever he starts to get into the shot-altering mode, you know it's going to be a good DeAndre 8-night. Uh, yeah. And then he, he ends, you know, we'll, we'll go over his statistics real quick. And the statistics obviously don't tell the whole story with him. Even though he went for 20 uh, points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, they gave him 1 block, 8 for 11 from the field, 4 for 4 from the free throw line. You know, again, he's just... The fact that coming into this game, he had the assignment of a two-time MVP in Giannis. That's that's his assignment. And, you know, we'll talk about Saric momentarily, but you saw that Saric was going to be starting at the four in this game, which is Saric's first start of the game. So you knew that that was going to be the yeah. matchup. You know, knowing that Brooke Lopez plays the five and that Giannis has the four, you're going to put the more athletic DeAndre Drayton on him. And the fact that he was sticking with him, forcing him to adjust his shot. Giannis went one for six from the field to start and three for nine when he checked out of the first quarter. You know, he was causing him to to whine a lot. And then, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know, that spin move that he's really starting to enjoy using. And and on the other side, Giannis, who was doing it to him kind of early in the game, he started meeting him at the spin point and knocking him off of his shot. Uh, it was just it was it was an impressive effort by DeAndre <laughs> Ayton this evening. Unbelievably impressive. Yeah. The dude had one arm stayed in the game and takes on <laughs> yeah. the two time MVP in the clutch. Like this is the Deandre Ayton that we've talked about, that we've yearned
0: about and that we're going to continue to see grow. Cause again, he's only in his third year and he's 22 dude. I know there was one play where Giannis it was I think early in the game where uh, Giannis had like the little spin move and then he on Da was trying to dunk over him and you saw from like the camera above the above the backboard where like Da's like holy crap like he looks just like so amazing like he's trying to dunk this right now like that's the way he looked but then there's a different look from Da the rest of the game where he's just so focused dude like there was one play where Chris Paul had to step back after uh, Da assisted him on the play and D is like, Oh, great shot. You know, looking towards him kind of celebrating a little bit. And you know, Chris Paul's like, come on, like we're not going to celebrate that. Like that should be something we do day in, day out. And then after that, you saw it's Aiden so focused dude. the defense, just running back and forth, making sure he's in the right place at the right time. Like you said, meeting like D or, uh, uh, Eddie Johnson pointed it out. He's like, DA is just like meeting him at the, at the shot. And that's something that's very hard to do, I feel like, especially with Giannis. He's so long, he has so a lot long. of moves around the rim. It's like, what do you how do you know what he's gonna do? But he he figured it out and he is just growing up, man. Well, it's and fun. again,
1: the the impact of Chris Paul is so apparent because on that one play where he Chris Paul got him the ball, DA had he was going up for the dunk and he got hacked. And you look at Chris Paul, and Chris Paul just kind of bowed out. And he's just like, hey, man, fucking be physical. Go through that shit. Yeah. And then the refs actually gave him the two free throws, which was great because it was one of those games where you know we were all getting kind of testy with the refs, and it, yeah. you didn't know if some of the things were going to go our way. But that was one of those little moments where I was like, okay, I feel like this is fair. He was going up. He was gathering to to dunk. There was no one there, and they just hacked on him. But, again, that's the influence of Chris Paul saying, hey, man, always stay aggressive. Always stay uh, just, you know – Always stay hungry, DA. Uh, who just wrote this in the chat? This is actually a really good they called him an a, a, a atomic bomb. That's a great nickname. That's I, there it is. Ryan Cody. The atomic bomb has arrived. I love that, dude. <laughs> that's I mean, nice, he, he was tonight, man. I mean, he was a game changer in this game. You look at other uh members of the Suns and how they played tonight, you know. I I think that starting off the game, uh did you watch the pregame show? No, I didn't. Sorry. Okay, so the pregame show, they actually had a video of P.J. Tucker chopping it up with Devin Booker before the game. And I love seeing P.J. Tucker. I forgot he's on the Bucks, obviously, because he, he was too. traded from the Rockets. Uh, but I absolutely love P.J. Tucker because of the what he did for Booker's development. You saw Booker hit a big shot uh, in the clutch moments going glass off of P.J. Tucker. And you just wonder how many times did that happen in practice? And, you know, for me, a question for you. Uh, where where does he rank on the former Suns in, still in the league list?
0: Where does he rank? Like how you know? Honestly, he was one of the ones where the buyout market. I wanted him to join the Suns. I thought it was a little cherry on the Sunday to have him in there. But then when we're playing the Bucks, it's just like I kind of forget he was for the Bucks. Like he said. I had to look at the box. Room. I'm like, oh yeah, PJ Tucker's on the team, hitting a big shot. But he's honestly, he's one of my favorites, dude. And every time Booker does go against him, I think about the the talks they had when in practice. Like he he made him become even like more physical, work on his offensive game. Booker learned a lot from him. So when he's going up against him late in the game, I'm kind of like, I'm more comfortable of him going against uh, PJ Tucker and thinking that the ball's gonna go in. Because of how many times they used to play against each other. So it seemed more comfortable to me. I know they were saying, like, hey, DA, it's hard to to actually go up against PJ in the in the post. Yeah. But then Booker, I just think he knows how to handle him. I think, well, of course, PJ's probably not the best right now handling these guards right now in his career. But he handled him on that play, dude. And then, I mean, you would rather have that than, like, what Drew Holiday was doing against Booker. So yeah, it, was, it was fun to watch that.
1: Yeah, and as uh, Joshua Josh 88 says in the chat, he said, like, can we retire the last play of the game when we dribble the time away and take a terrible shot? Like, you saw that. I mean, obviously, the that. Suns benefited because mm-hmm. Devin Booker got the, the call that was missed in Charlotte. Essentially, where it's the last play of the game, go. the Suns have possession, Devin Booker takes a shot, and he was fouled by Gordon Hayward in that game. Tonight, they actually called it on Drew Holliday. But up until that last split second in which Drew Holiday bailed him out and the referees actually called it, it was a wasted possession in which the Suns were like, okay, let's just dribble this out. You saw that Drew Holiday was not going to be switched off. They should have switched right out of that play. You know, I don't know if Monty has the ability in the huddle to be like, listen, here's play number one and here's play number two. You know, it's almost like Peyton Manning come up to the line yeah. reading the defense and, and calling a hot route because when you see Drew Holiday on Devin Booker, one of the best defending guards in the NBA, you got to
0: switch out of that play, right? Yeah, you do. And just a quick shout out to Eric Bledsoe. This this replacement, you just realize how special it is to have Drew Holiday on that team over Eric Bledsoe. Because Bledsoe would cost you so many plays defensively oh, yeah. towards the end of games, especially in the playoffs. He is just a difference maker for the point guard position that they needed. But honestly, he wasn't even on Booker to start the play. And if for some reason, I feel like Drew Holiday used some mind tricks to be like, hey, do a, just do a lazy switch towards the top of the key to get me on Booker. Because for some reason, there was a screen set not used, and all of a sudden Drew Holiday's on Booker. It's something that you did not want. And then Booker's in the corner, half court, trying to figure out what to do with six seconds left. And I was yeah. like, okay, well, we're not going to win it right now. It's going to go to overtime again. Luckily, that call helped us win the game. But it's kind of like a makeup call for that one timeout the Bucks had where they didn't have possession of the ball but then for some reason they got a timeout that's like what happened so I was like you know I'll take that I'll take that lousy I'll take that lousy free throw for the win I mean it's a win and honestly it was a foul and the rest got it right, so you can't really argue it, but it's just kind of a cheesy way to win, but I'll, I'll take it. Dude. No, I'm
1: hell okay. no. It's not cheesy, as as the boogie trend says in the chat. He's like, that. that's not luck, bro. Bookman getting bumped and bruised the whole game. They finally gave him the foul. Yeah, there was the that one play true. where Devin Booker went to the hoop, got hit on the head. They didn't call it, and it goes right down. Yeah. It's a three-pointer by the Bucks. It's like every time that happens, it's automatically a three for the other team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those challenges and one of those continual conversations that we have as Suns fans is the lack of the Suns' ability to get to the free-throw line. Uh, the end of this game, the Suns did end up going to the free-throw line uh, a total of 10 times. They went 9 for 10. Uh, the Bucks were 18 for 19. And you look at the first half... Giannis alone was seven for eight the Suns were two for two mm-hmm. so you know I we always ask this question it's like well how do you fix this issue and it's like because you know this is going to be a challenge come playoff time you know that the Suns are going to have to have the ability to get to the line because any chance you can to get free points needs to exist but again Booker attacks and gets no calls so it's like how do you fix this issue what do you think
0: Man, I don't know. Last time we talked about it, it's like I was actually thinking during the game, how do you fix this besides trying to go to the rim and trying to get a foul called? But you're right, Booker gets smacked in the head. No, but then it's like, it's like, do you want to just see a replay? Cause what we're seeing is like it looked like he got whacked in the head. It looks like he was gonna be the headless horseman coming back the other end because it looked like he got roughed up and he no did. call. And it's just like, you know what? Maybe we'll see a replay. And he didn't get hit. Maybe he's just complaining, but no, he 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 was getting hurt. On the other end, it was like Dario Saric time, dude. He was just getting bumped and bruised. He was trying to draw fouls, and he was the only one who got the free throw line in the first half, four for four. But other than that, you don't have a lot of guys doing it. DA right now, his game isn't really focused on that. He's, of course, finesse, so he's not going to get mm-hmm. fouls called. Bridges, I mean, if tonight he's hot from the three point line, he's going to start, he's going to stay over there. He's not going to get to the rim as much. So I just don't know where you can get those free throws from right now. I'm not going to blame the refs. I don't really blame the Suns because it's not really their game. So that's, it's still my answer. It's just like, it's not their game to get the free throw line, but Booker still needs his respect getting to the free throw line. That's it. That's the only thing I can think of for the Suns is Booker needs his respect. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's the big thing is just having him get to that free throw line is going to be paramount for this team come playoff time, uh, and, and that's probably why, as you mentioned earlier, when you're watching this game, it felt like it was a game that the Suns were going to lose because they would have to fight and grind for every possession, every point, whereas Milwaukee was just having the ability to get to the free throw line. That slowed down a lot in the second half, though. I really feel like the Suns did a good job making that adjustment Monty did. I just feel like the Suns couldn't get to the bonus in the third quarter. Like they got three quick fouls with the first nine minutes. And yeah. then I saw Booker get hit upside the head and Chris Paul was getting, you know, he, he was yelling the for and ones. ones. Yeah. And that like was all the
0: court. Yeah. That was, awesome. yeah. I
1: mean, and it was, it was one of the, those situations where like, man, we can't even get to the free throw line because yeah. they're not allowing us to do so. Uh, but going back to Devin Booker, You know, some very, very clutch shots. And this is what was interesting about this game was really it was almost like a reverse Devin Booker game. Okay, allow me to try to explain this. Devin Booker has been known throughout the season to have the ability to come out and score 10 to 16 points in that first quarter and really set the team up for success moving forward. He'll take a long break in the second quarter, come back in the second, you know, with about four to five minutes left in the second quarter doesn't score any points, you know, so if he had 16 in the first quarter, he ends with like 17 at halftime, and then he kind of, you know, goes with the game flow the rest of the game. He really wasn't having a good night tonight. You know, he ends with 24 points on 24 shots. He went 9 for 24 from the field, 1 for 4 from deep, 5 for 6 from the free throw line, Uh, and you look at his first quarter, and he was 2 for 7 in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. but he also had five boards. Now, granted, he ended the night with seven boards, three steals, a block, and only one turnover. So, you know, it's it's kind of one of those... It was an interesting game because he did the majority of his scoring, actually, at the end of the game in those clutch moments where he hasn't had necessarily the ability to be as clutch as we have liked.
0: Yeah, but honestly, I mean, he made two of his first shots. So the first two shots went in. Yes, and, and then it was over just, five. Yeah, over five. So it was just like... What they're trying to do offensively, the Suns were just chop down that the, the way the Bucks were playing defense. Like he had to chop him down by layers. Like book couldn't get to his spots. I don't feel like, and when he did a certain time, like shoot the ball, but he, he wouldn't shoot it. He would look for the pass. So I don't know if it was like, either he was in his head and he was just like, I don't know if I'm gonna get this off enough. When you have Middleton, you have Drew Holiday, these guys playing you with a lot of length, even Devin Chenzo. You got to give a shout out to him. He's, he's long. He's, he's kind of pesky on defense, but when you have Booker, Trying to chop down the uh, offense for the for the Bucks, trying to get to those layers, it just wasn't working. A lot of the, everything was just so clogged. There was a lot of length in there, so I think it was just really tough for him. He almost got to the point where in the second quarter he was trying to find himself, trying to actually get to the rim, trying to get his offensive game going because he knew like Chris Paul took care of it, care of business in the first quarter. So it's like okay, now Book has to do it because what they were trying to do is have Book on the on the court when Chris Paul wasn't. And then it's like, okay, who else is gonna help out? But then you had a campaign to help out in the second quarter. So when Book was trying to find his game, other guys were stepping up to help. Big time. But Booker, I just don't think he got to the point where it was like he was too careless with the basketball, forcing up bad shots. They just weren't going in, you know, kind of like the Spurs game where he just had an off night. So it kind of carried over. But for Booker, it, it's fine though. I think he actually he did good with the seven assists, get his teammates involved. He he didn't really throw away the game at all. So he he made a lot of big plays tonight, especially the last free throw. So God bless. Well, him.
1: you you look at his last five games leading into this, going back to the Washington win, and you know we won that game by 28 points. He had 27 points in that game, but 11 for 24 shooting, not necessarily efficient. That's 45 percent from the field. Then he had a game where he went 50 percent from the field, nine for 18, and then 25 percent from the field, four for 16 against Miami. from the field, eight for 19 against Sacramento, and then six for 18 from the field in the uh, 26 minutes that he played in that loss against the San Antonio Spurs. And that's 33% from the field. So you take all those numbers. Then you look at that tonight where he goes nine for 24 from the field. And that's 37% from the field. So, I mean, efficient Booker has been, uh, non-existent in the past about five or six games. And I prefer that he goes through this little shooting slump right now versus in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and he also has more tears to go through too. I mean, he's never, of course, experienced the playoffs. These kind of games that are meaningful. It's just a different kind of game he's going to have to play. And he's, it's always going to be – it's not going to be pretty. A lot of it's going to be ugly. And this is just an ugly game to where he had to force himself through to make it look pretty and decent. Like, it didn't look like a bad game from him – when you're watching this game, just because, just because of how good the Bucks are defensively mm-hmm. and how the offense for the Suns had to get back in rhythm after such a terrible game. So they have to force themselves through this, and it's just another tier, just like Mikael Bridges and Aiton have to go through their growth. Booker still has that because of how good the team is doing and how much of a superstar he is now and how much other defenses are looking at him. So it's going to be tough for him, dude. It's not going to be easy breezy like the bubble. It's going to be very, very difficult for him.
1: Yeah, and learning how to... Navigate what defenses are going to really start throwing at him because the national narrative is, you know, he's the guy for the Suns. He is our primary scoring scorer. And, you know, that's true. It's 25.5 points a game coming from him. And he's seen a lot of it now and he's trying to learn how to adjust. Again, you know, going against Drew Holiday is a, an unbelievable challenge because that was their goal. It was Drew on Devin Booker tonight. He did spend some time guarding CP3. Yeah. Uh, but anytime that Monty had one or the other in there, and kudos to Monty. What would you think of him? You know, we, We've talked about it a lot throughout this season, but tonight's the first night you really saw it utterly and completely where it was CP3 and Book start the game, and then it's Booker, and then it's CP3, and then a yeah. little bit of CP3 and Booker in the half, and then the same thing in the second half until the end. I mean, this is the first time Monty truly went full-on stagger mode.
0: He really did. The only thing he kind of messed up was the eight minutes. Aiden played the whole first quarter, which is yes. really different. It's very different. Aiden usually comes out with like six or five minutes left in the first, but he played them too long. He, I think I know he was trying to match them up with the honest, and that's smart. I mean, it's the only thing you can do. True. And uh, luckily, you not have to worry about it later. But, yeah, it's those minutes because you want Book and you want CP3 on the court whenever, especially when the games matter. You want them on there to lead the offense. So you kind of look at that, right? You're kind of looking at Booker now, how he's going to help this offense by just – you know, being a team player, not having to score. What's he gonna do to get this offense going? If if campaign's hot, is he gonna give him the ball? That's what happened. Campaign scored nine straight points, so it's like he understands. I feel like Booker, like who's hot, give him the ball. You don't have to force anything with this team, and he's really learning that. That's why it's valuable to have them staggered, dude, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So Monty did a great job, and of course, we never talk about him too much, right? We always kind of overlook him, but yeah, those minutes from the second quarter on were fantastic. I thought.
1: Yeah, and it's again a preview of what we're going to see come playoff time with the Suns. There will be no possessions in which either CP three or Devin Booker are not on that court. And that's why people, as you mentioned, like campaign need to step up and be that other scoring option. When both of those guys are out there in an effort to keep that sustained scoring going. And when you're go- again, when you're going against the likes of drew holiday uh, you know, it's, it's tough. It's uh, he's a, he's a premier defender in the league, you know, his contract, Big contract for him: five years, one hundred twenty-six million, which is essentially twenty-five million a year, which is what Devin Booker makes. Do you think he's worth that?
0: Yeah, I definitely do. I think all these guys on this team are worth it, whatever they're paid. <laughs> I definitely do. Do you not? No, I do. I just, you know, it's it's interesting to see how the
1: Bucks are built and how they want to attack their future, knowing that the Giannis window is now it's a five-year window now because mm-hmm. they've resigned they they resigned Giannis to the max and their number two guys now drew holiday. And it makes sense because you're basing your entire reputation and title chances on the fact that you are a defensive team. And I asked you the question at the beginning of the podcast on whether or not the bucks are an under team. And I, I truly believe that because they're kind of like the Raptors were a few years ago before the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard and won the championship. They were a team that played really good defense and parentally was in the playoffs. Just couldn't break on through to the other side. And because of that, you kind of are always looking at the hot, flashy new car and the new toy. And that's what's going on essentially in the MVP race. Everybody's talking about Jokic. Everybody's talking about Joel Embiid. And Giannis gets no pub. And we saw again tonight, Giannis is an MVP caliber player still. He just is no longer that sexy new toy. Uh, But you look at him and Drew Holiday, the basis of that franchise for the next four or five years until they imploded or whatever, is Mm -hmm. defense. And as a Suns fan, who is now thoroughly and utterly appreciating defense, I can understand what they're doing and why.
0: Exactly. It it took a while for us to get that way, right? We're like, Drew Holiday, does he deserve that? Then you watch him, you're like, okay, yeah, he's 10 times better than Eric Blood. So they just have the, the the big contract that Giannis signed doesn't really matter anymore in the NBA. It really doesn't. Honestly, after he signed, I'm like, he can still force his way out next week if he wanted of course, to. Of course. That's the way it is. But you have to make him happy with these guys, and that's a solid player to have. Because as soon as Drew Holiday was on Booker at the end of the game, I'm like, all right, we're gonna go in a second overtime. Yep, second OT. Yeah, it's like that's the player you want beside Giannis, and that's the guy you want to give the money to. The guys that make a difference that are very, very scary. To watch at the end of the game, so he's one of those dudes defensively and offensively. He did yeah, a great job offensively. Play,
1: plays both sides of the ball. Ended the night with a total of twenty-five points, ten for nineteen shooting, eight assists, uh, one yeah. block, two steals. I mean, he just he's a stat sheet stuffer. Do you know who does not staff s- stuff stuff? <laughs> oh
0: no, go ahead. Start. Do you know who <laughs> does
1: not stuff the staff sheet? Doesn't. The Sarich Smoke Break. Oh, Dario. One of these things is not like the other. You look at the starting five tonight, and Dario Sarge did get his first start of the season for the Suns. Now, remember last season when they brought him over here in that trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves, they acquired him in an effort to have him play the starting four uh, right along DeAndre Ayton. And it didn't necessarily work out all the time. You go to the bubble, he becomes the backup. All of a sudden, everything clicks and makes sense. For the most part, this season that the same has held true. Uh, but tonight, seen as you had Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo as the front court for the Milwaukee Bucks, Dario Sarge gets the start. Here's mm-hmm. the final stat line for the Sun starters. You had Devin Booker, 24 points. Chris Paul, 22 points. Mikael Bridges, 21 points. DeAndre Ayton, 20 points. So four of our starters scored 20 points or more. Dario Sarge, two points.
0: Yeah. Matthew. I mean, I wrote my my biggest note tonight from Dario Sarge was a horror show in, this, in the first half. I don't think it really changed much in the second half. So <laughs> it was basically that. But then when you're talking about Sarge starting, so it's like, what are, you, what are they trying to do? They're just trying to get them back in a groove, show confidence in them. Like, hey, we know what we have in you. We know this is why we signed you. Um can he get back in his groove starting? It's like, no. And honestly, if Crowder were to start and get two points, like that's fine. This, this fourth piece that is in the starting lineup doesn't need to score. He's a glue guy. He's a guy that honestly you want to see with at the end of games. And that's Jake Crowder. Sarich, is just, he's a little lost right now. So I'm lost for words really to figure out what the hell's going on with him. I know he didn't really fill his role at all tonight. <laughs> I mean, absolutely not. Not even able to get really get any rebounds that were important. Things that you saw Jay Crowder do earlier, even like Tory Craig, like an abusive rebounder. Sarge yes. so couldn't even do that either. So it's, you're, get, you're missing a lot from him right now, and maybe there's just too much focus on him. I, even the three-point attempts, it's like you don't trust him to even jack him up and, and drain him anymore. There's just a lot missing from him. So a straight-up horror show tonight, dude, again. And maybe he'll find his way against Philly. Who knows?
1: Yeah, maybe going back to the... Because they drafted him, right?
0: Yeah. Philly did.
1: Okay, yeah. So he maybe going back to Philly is going to rejuvenate him. I don't know. I know last time we played Philly, he had a really, really solid game. But, you know, he just... Not, not, not good. Not no. good for our, our buddy, Dario. And, you know, you you like to see him have a different role in the offense in an effort to try to maybe jumpstart him. Obviously, it was out of necessity tonight that the Suns did start him. But his only two points came on a great pass from D.A. It was D.A. going to the basket, had two guys collapse on him. He bounced past it to Dario. Dario's like, oh, shit! And he got it in real quick. But in the first half, he was one for five from the field with four turnovers. And that's the stat that he led the team in tonight. Was f- He had four turnovers. He ended one for seven from the field, 0 for four from three. It got to the point where when he had a wide-open three, he dished it. And I think it was to Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. And he's like, you-, you sink this because I am not going to hit shit. I'm, I'm front-rimming everything. Yeah. Uh, he-, he did end with five rebounds. Um, But it wasn't necessarily impactful rebounds, as you mentioned. You know, Torrey Craig, who's somebody who I'll talk about here in a minute, but aggressively rebounds. Dario's not doing any of that right now. Uh, Again, these are the things that you're hoping that he's just kind of going through a slump right now. Uh, And come playoff time, he'll be more of an impact because he's going to have to be. You know, this Mm -hmm. slump has been happening before the trade deadline, and we're about a month out, out, out from that now, man.
0: And I think in five to six games we'll really know how many minutes he's going to get. I mean, to get the start instead of just like, um, withdrawing his minutes, just holding him to like ten minutes a game or fifteen. Like, I feel like Monty's trying to push him to the next to the next level. Like, let's see what we have from him now, and maybe he plays himself out of minutes going towards the end of the year into the playoffs. Maybe Torrey Craig picks those up because that's how it's kind of looking in a way. I mean, they're forcing him minutes, but we'll see if he uses it to his advantage. I say five to six games, we'll figure out where he's going to be in this lineup uh, towards the end of the season.
1: No, I agree. This stretch is going to be a really telling uh, opportunity for the Suns and Monty Williams to experiment with some different things. I thought we were going to see some small ball lineups tonight. Uh, We did. You know, There was a a Mm -hmm. time in which you had CP3, DA were both out there. Then they had Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and Torrey Craig. So it's a solid bench wing lineup. And that's what you're going to see over these next five to six games against these quality playoff level opponents. Monning's going to experiment and, and we're going to, as you mentioned, Matthew, have a good understanding of what Dario's minutes are going to look like come playoff time. And, you know, hopefully he can keep himself on the court. Cause he's starting to play himself off the court, man.
0: He is, and we need him. We know what he what he can give us. It's weird because you kind of like, what can he do? And it's just like, I don't know. But then he'll figure out a way to do what he does and we just got to leave it to him, dude. Because I don't know, he's so unathletic and out of sorts right now, dude, with the rest of the team and it's just not looking good.
1: No, it's, it's really not. And as you mentioned, a guy who's really starting to eat into his minutes is Torrey Craig. Yes. And why is it whenever he plays? I feel like he has more rebounds, more points, blocks, more steals than he actually has. Mm-hmm. And, and, and is playing more minutes because you look at his final line tonight, 14 total minutes played. I swear it was like 30. He had only five <laughs> points, five rebounds, two steals, one block,
0: two for three mm-hmm. shooting, including one for three, one for two from downtown. Why is that? I don't know. That's Sometimes I hate looking at the box court for that reason, because a lot of these guys do that on this team. Like Chris Paul, 13 assists. It's like, yeah, he played a lot of minutes and did a lot, but like it's still a larger assist amount than I thought. But Craig is that guy. Uh, when he's on the court, I feel so great. with When he's with Mikkel Bridges, any of these wings on the court, he does such a good job of spacing, just doing what he has to do, even when he shoots a three. You think it's going to go in. That's one of the things where we didn't think we're going to get defensively. He's fantastic, dude. He didn't have that many minutes tonight, but I feel like he was on the court for 40 minutes because of how big he plays when he's on the court. And those rebounds are very, very vicious. He's like, he is just in there. He finds a way to nab at the ball and just to take it away. He will muscle, man. I don't remember a, a son that was that great at rebounding in a long time that we'll just go and just rip the ball out from someone except for Chris Paul. Chris Paul does that too, but this year we have him and uh, Tory Craig who just will rip it away from defenders. And even if he doesn't get it, like he will fight for them, dude. So I love seeing that. I haven't seen a guy like that ever with the Suns.
1: Yeah. As, as Joshua, Josh 88 says in the chat, he says impact minutes and that's what it is. I mean, you look at him and The reason I think that he plays much bigger than the minutes he actually is is because he's not one of those guys who disappears on the court. There's some guys who for a quarter and a half, you'd be like, oh, shit, I didn't realize he was out there the whole time. He hasn't touched the ball, no big rebounds. Or if he does, it's just one of those like soft rebounds and a dish. And the other thing is I think he really doesn't make very many bad decisions. So you're seeing all of these different things come together you know maybe this was the tory craig revenge game because the bucks are the team that essentially traded him for cash considerations but again you know he ends with just five points and five rebounds but every one of those rebounds as you mentioned and the two steals every one of those rebounds and steals were aggressive they were uh making the milwaukee bucks expend energy and i love seeing guys that do that i just really think that it's a uh such a such a quality add to this team.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it is. I mean, it, it's a lifesaver in many ways because Nader's gone. I mean, people in the comments were talking about, I forgot Nader's in on a team. I have too. I have the last few games. I'm like, what is
1: wrong with abdel Nader really? Like it, it was like a knee. It was like a hamstring. It's like, this guy's been out for a long, long time. Yeah. And he was playing very acceptable minutes. Torrey Craig comes in, just takes all of his minutes. and like, oh yeah, his hamstring. It's just yeah, it hurt. <laughs>
0: Like, don't get it I don't at know. all. It happens sometimes with these players that get hurt. Like we saw with T.J. Warren all the time. T.J. Warren used to get hurt, and be like, "What is wrong with him? Like he's never coming back." Oh, I know. This is the way it is with Nader right now. But honestly, it doesn't upset me. I mean, Carter's getting more minutes, and we had Torrey Craig, so we're filling those holes, and we're doing a good job at it. I mean, yep. they are. Excuse me, it's not a we. They no, are. It's, it's it's not a we. It's a them. No, um, never will be.
1: Another guy I want to talk about real quick is just Mikael Bridges. Yes. Oh, yes! Nice to get his his stroke back. Five for seven from deep. 21 points for Mikhail Bridges in this game. Nice to see him put up these kind of statistics considering over his last few games. I mean, you go back to the Utah game. He had zero points. He had 20 the next night against the Clippers, then 15, then six, zero, thirteen, seven. 13, seven. You know, he's somebody who... Offensively, he hasn't been making a big impact. And offensively, he has been almost no impact. So, you know, I was... As I was writing my notes for this game in preparation, I was really if mm-hmm. if, if didn't have a good game, I was really gonna sit down and we we're gonna have a good conversation about, okay, what's going on with Mikhail? I know he's, you know, in his third year now. He's at the back end of of that third season. He's somebody who plays a lot of minutes. He's probably tired. The fatigue is definitely, you, you see the fatigue with a lot of players in the NBA is Mikhail the victim of fatigue fatigue right now. And then he comes out and has this fantastic performance hitting huge three in which De- De- Deandre Ayton set that screen on Dante DiVincenzo, just <laughs> oh, knocked my. him on his ass. Gosh. And then there's Mikhail on the other side, just hitting yeah. that, that, that uh, three ball and just throwing up those three fingers, man. That was, that was fun to see. But what'd you see from our boy Mikhail tonight?
0: It was honestly, I thought it was rough. I was bef- Besides the three-point shots, it was rough. He had a few good little jumpers in there, but defensively, you're right. It was a rough game. I felt like he got dunked on by Drew. Drew Holiday.
1: Holiday, Yes, he. he That actually kind of.
0: I'm sorry. Like we all, we like Mikkel very much. He's improved so much, and maybe he's just tired because this is a full season, Mm -hmm. a lot of games and a little amount of days. And it's like the the first season he's played fully, you know, starting every game. So that has to have an impact on him. But when he got dunked, I'm like, Mikkel, like, what? That was the one time I got mad at him this year. I'm like, what are you (laughs) letting him dunk on you for? Knock that guy out. That actually made me kind of upset. But then he hit some big threes tonight, dude. And honestly that's the thing that saved him and that's what to save the Suns tonight. So he stepped up. Like I said, campaign did in the second quarter, but bridges did two in the second and the fourth quarter. He was phenomenal tonight from three. So he helped us in that way. But defensively, he's just not as much of a threat as he was earlier in the mm-hmm. season. Maybe he'll get back there, but I think he's just kind of tired, dude. I really do think that. So maybe load management comes into play towards the end of the year. I wouldn't be too upset. If some of these guys do sit once in a while, I'm just throwing that out there to give them some rest. I'm with you.
1: I'm with you. I, I think a, we go through. Where you
0: can get away with it. You can get well, away with it this year, so you might as well just do it. Well, and I also
1: think as you go through this next stretch, as I mentioned, this is going to be a great litmus test once again. These next six games that we have after this Bucks game. I mean, the combined winning percentage of these teams is ridiculous. These are all playoff caliber teams. I think you yeah. really put your nose to the grindstone, push through these teams and have those opportunities to learn who you are as a team and what teams are going to try to do to you. And then once you get through that stretch, then you just go, okay, let's do some load management games. We definitely have a plethora of wings. You can give Mikhail a night off. Tori Craig can get a start. I'd be okay with that, especially if we're going against a team that... Uh, We should beat, of course. We know how the Suns play against teams that they should beat. But I'm not uh, ultimately opposed to that because we're going to finish with the one or two seed. If we drop to three, it's not the end of the world, I I think, either. We're going to finish with a top three seed in the West. So we're not at that point yet. We still have about 15 games left. Mm -hmm. But I think in the last four to five games, especially those last two games against the Spurs, fuck it. Just, you know, maybe throw some load management in there. But, you know, Mikhail. Fantastic tonight. Uh, Cam Johnson also had 13 points off the bench campaign. You know, the cams combined for 25 points off the bench. (laughs) They're awesome. awesome. They really are, man. I mean, they're going to be so key to our
0: success come playoff time, right? Yeah. Cameron Johnson, dude, like he had an off game uh, last game, but he really everybody did. Yeah, no, I know. I, this is the fourth time I said that. I don't know why I mentioned that at all, but honestly, Cameron Johnson, he's taking another step, dude. He's getting to the rim a lot, and we love that. So he's just playing big big boy basketball right now, dude, rebounding the ball. I mean, not rebounding, but just playing big under the rim, playing big where he has to play defensively. He had a good defensive play against Giannis too today, so, where he mm-hmm. poked the ball away. So he's holding his own. He has a lot of confidence right now. I like that.
1: Well, I mean, again, a great win for the Suns tonight against the Bucks. They win one twenty-eight to one twenty-seven. Uh, they mm-hmm. were outscored in the paint by twenty-two points. Uh, their turnovers—they—they they won that battle by one. They had six more threes. I mean, that kind of was it, what it came down to because they were uh, plus eighteen from deep, and the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were plus nine from the free throw line. So, mm-hmm. and they out rebounded us by six. So, it was a very Quality, quality win for the Phoenix Suns tonight in Milwaukee.
0: Jam star
1: of the game. All right, Jamsters, if you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your Jamster and or Jam Star of the game is. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening on the brightside Sun Podcast Network, or if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. Boom, Matthew, who is your Jam Star?
0: Boom, too easy. <laughs> Too, too easy man too easy man, <laughs> too <laughs> easy, to man. i was... mean when he's on he's uh, come on like when he's on when he's asking for the ball he looked like uh we just watched we watched Godzilla king of monsters last night right john yes we I was did. Like, he looks like uh he kind of looks like Godzilla a little bit in the face like he just looks like a Godzilla but he that has nothing to do with anything. His re- his response to not getting the ball down low, he looked kind of ang- angry, like Godzilla down there. Like, give me the friggin' ball, to Chris Paul. So you know when he's in the zone, when he's doing that, when it looks legit, like he really wants the ball. But he was absolutely nice. Yeah, CP3, dude. It has yeah, to, CP3 it's so up in the air.
1: You know, we didn't talk about CP3, and we never do. And, you know, I always feel bad it's about that. It's too much, that. though.
0: It's too much. It's we have just, to have a two-hour pod.
1: I know, seriously. But Chris Paul tonight, uh, fantastic numbers for him as well. 22 points, 13 assists, 10 for 20 from the field. But that shot he hit where he went, he pump faked, went up and under, and, like, one-handed it. And, you know, I mean, it was just
0: clutch that was shots. Ridiculous.
1: I mean, clutch shots across the board. But DeAndre Ayton's performance in the last five minutes of the game and into the overtime were just the definition of clutch they finally started giving it to him and he was hitting jumpers and and you know if they miss a shot he's down there it was just very very great uh just a great performance by da yeah and we've gone all this time and you know josh says in the chat the refs on the last possession i went this whole time and i have really yeah. uh haven't had an opportunity to really talk about how shitty the refereeing was uh but i'll just leave it at that you know what we win this we won this game uh shout out to coda he just showed up come on coda you got to get here sooner, man. I will too. So it's fun. We, we, we need you, but uh, <laughs> but just such a fantastic performance by Da. It's I'm really excited to see him against Joel Embiid in this next mm-hmm. game. Um, Giannis, I know that he's played him well in in his uh, tenure as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Joel Embiid plays. He kind of toys with DeAndre. He toys Ooh. with everybody in the league, right? He
0: does. He does. And honestly, it's a. Nut- Giannis is great. He really is, but Embiid just has this thing against anybody down low. He owns it. He he knows his game so well. Giannis, of course, is fantastic, but but Embiid will get on your nerves. He'll get on DeAndre Aiden's nerves. So when you're watching tonight, Aiden versus Giannis, it kind of sometimes I'm like, I felt bad for Giannis because of how good Aiden was playing defensively for some reason. That's just way I'm a sweetheart. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like oh a nice God, guy. Bless, bless this guy's heart, you know. But then Embiid's the other way, like just dominate that guy. I it's going to be tough, dude. But if he can, of course, he's an MVP candidate. It's going to be. It's fun to watch this, dude. That's why after this road trip, we're going to see really how D who Da is. Yeah. And we're still seeing a nominee for uh, Western Conference Player of the Week, which was great to see. But he's just getting his recognition. So if he can keep building on that, dude, it's it's just it's amazing to watch, man.
1: No, it really is. And uh, Koda Kid mentions in the chat, he's like CP3 passes Magic Johnson on uh, yeah, total car- career assists uh before the game they were showing a clip of jay crowder and jay's like of course we're talking about it man he's like i'm the one who i hope i'm the one who who gets the assist you know i want to make that shot and the play that it was was a fast fast break play to devin booker for a a slam dunk it was fantastic Mm uh and we do have some people say in the chat it's like nope talk about that bogus timeout call let's talk about that bogus timeout
0: call Mm -hmm. the fuck was that man that was the worst thing. I mean, when the ref called it, you know he knew it was stupid. So just say, yeah. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, like balls. sorry, just call out. jump ball. Yeah, just, just, just say, admit. yeah, yeah, admit. yeah. Jump
1: ball it. Yeah. Just yeah. jump ball it's it. It's okay to be d- human. <laughs> he had a happy whistle. It's like if you look at the replay, Chris Middleton's standing right next to him. He's saying time out, and he's just like looking at Chris Middleton. He has no idea what's going on in the play. Yeah. Giannis <laughs> also, that was a travel by Giannis.
0: It was. He fell in the scoop down. He, he scooted he slid. down.
1: Yeah, he slid. That's a travel. travel. It like, was like three things that went wrong in that play. That was the first thing. It should have yeah, been our ball it, no
0: matter what.
1: Should, no matter what. And then, of yeah. course, you know, they had a bad inbound play. Devin Booker's taking almost a half-court shot to try to, to win the game. But, I mean, it was just, you know, there's some of those moments, and I've talked about it all the time, and and my rants are almost notorious at, at how I'll go off on the refs every now and then. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's okay to be human. It's okay to be wrong. But you have to admit it in the moment. I don't want to read some stupid report the next day where it's like, oh, the last five minute report uh, from the referees, we fucked up this and this. Sorry, you know, like, because the Suns couldn't yeah. have two more victories right now and be first place in the Western Conference if the the referees had just got it right, or stopped taking the time to go, "Oh yes, we are human, and we have fucked up. So, you know what? We're going to admit that. And we'll all go on with our lives and be happy. But, no, you are infallible. And if you messed up a call on the game, you're going to continue to go that way because you have that, You, oh, well, I can't be wrong. I mean, if I'm wrong, then I probably shouldn't get paid to what I'm, you know, I'm not good at my job and I could lose my job. So, <laughs> I'm clearly, you know, it's just, that's all I got say. They should it's get, annoying. as Alex Delgado says, they should get fined for stupid calls. I mean, they
0: should, but I mean, I don't know. I could never do any better, but I'll just throw that out there. But it doesn't matter. It's their job. But honestly, it's like in five years from now, we'll be looking at when we used to have officials call the games and just not get it right. But then the next day is like, oh, yeah, we messed up. It's like that should have never, ever happened. You know, five years from now, it's going to be ridiculous. They should get this fixed, it has to be fixed. Nowadays, we're seeing aliens now in the sky. There's a ton of sightings of UFOs. We're so close to the end. Like, let's get it right before we're all dead.
1: I know. Can we just get a couple calls right?
0: Guess what?
1: <laughs> all right. Guess what? The segment that, <laughs> that is uh, sponsored by
0: Car Tisman.
1: If you want a huge sticker on the back of your car, Car. Beautiful. So, yes, guess what? Who wins, Suns or Bucks? Mm-hmm. Matthew said Suns. I switch it up. I said Bucks just because I'm trying to catch Matthew and I'm just falling, finding myself falling further and further behind. I'm almost
0: clinched. I'm Matthew clinch. is
1: now at 30 and 11 on the season. I am at 24 and 17. Next up is the Philadelphia 76. It's a team that lost to the Warriors tonight. Uh, we play them on Wednesday. What is your matchup to
0: watch, Matthew? Ooh it got to be Booker and Ben Simmons, right, dude? You you must have the stats of Booker against uh, Ben Simmons in the Sixers because he's phenomenal. Booker is phenomenal against the Sixers team. So it's going to be something that I want to watch. I want to see DA against Embiid. This could be, I mean, if the Suns make the championship, this could be the matchup in the championship. And it'd be a fun one because you have Booker and and Ben Simmons and you have Aiden and Embiid. Those are great matchups, man. I mean, I don't think you can ask for anything else. And I'm excited to watch both of those, obviously. But I want to see Book just light it up. It's just anytime he plays his team, dude, he gets up for it. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting
1: game. Uh, Devin Booker, or I'm sorry, Ben Simmons didn't play tonight. He was out with illness. I don't know what okay. that's re- relative to, but knowing that, you know, maybe he's resting up or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe he's he's getting ready because he knows that Devin Armani Booker is coming to town. You look at uh, their head to head in their careers. Devin Booker averages 22.9 against the Sixers in games in which Ben Simmons plays. Ben Simmons actually averages 16.1. Uh, the rebounds goes Ben Simmons' way, 8.2 to 3.7. Assists assist goes Ben Simmons' way, 7.8 to 4.7. Uh, but you but you look at how this game is going to come down to it. I mean, essentially, you have the best team in the, the Eastern Conference going against the second-best team in the Western Conference, nationally televised game, Although I am excited to see Devin Booker versus Ben Simmons, it's Aiden, big game Aiden, national TV Aiden going against Ben or uh, uh, Joel Embiid, and that's mm-hmm. that's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, Joel Embiid is a bona fide MVP candidate. He probably won't win, and I don't think that he should. I think that Jokic has definitely proven that. Yeah, let he, me
0: know about that. What do you think?
1: I am I'm, I'm on talk about that. No, we didn't talk about it, but uh, for those of you who listen to Brian Windhorse, who you know I'm not a big fan of. His podcast last week, where he was, he, he pretty much let off the podcast being like, you know what's stupid is people on Twitter who uh, think they know everything, yada, yada, yada. And then he started doing these takes of people who, like, on Twitter would do. And the, the guys who he had on the podcast, uh, uh, Tim Bonekemps, and I forget who the other guy is, they just started ripping him because he was, he was just like, well, Joel Embiid, you just got to consider him. I can't believe that Joel Embiid, out of a mock MVP race, received like five first place votes and the rest went to Jokic. And they're like they were just explaining all the reasons as to why that occurs, and like Windhorse just couldn't wrap his mind around it. And they were getting so in, uh, so argumentative. It was so mm-hmm. funny for me to listen to because it was just like if I was talking to Windhorse, I'd love to call him an idiot too.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a perfect year for uh, Embiid to get everything together. He was just so great. Everyone's been waiting for this year from Embiid, and unfortunately, he got hurt, so it does cost him, but he just he's phenomenal. He is a better player than Jokic Foley. Defensively and offensively, yeah. Jokic, I love. Jokic deserves the MVP this year for sure. It's just, I think we've been waiting for so long for him to have a full season of an MVP caliber season. And it's just, it was this year, except for he got hurt. So everyone's bummed out about that. But Windhorse was just not prepared to really no. go up with those two guys at all. Statistically, a lot of it. I mean, you can't give him the MVP. Embiid is amazing. He's gonna even he, even if he puts up forty and fifteen or twenty the rest of the year. I don't think you can give it to him just because Jokic's stats are insane and he's, they're insane and he's the, the, games, with that team. the
1: games played again. You know that was one of Winhorse things. He's like, well, yeah, he's only missed like eighteen games. That makes his impact even better. It's like, no, no, no. In a because sh- he's like because it's a shortened season. You know, he's helping his team so much. It's like, yeah, but in short season, every one game that you miss is actually like 1.2 games. So up to this point, he's missed a total of 18 games. When he finishes, he's only going to have, what, 74% of the season played if he plays in the rest of the games this season. And Bill Simmons was talking about it on the Bill Simmons podcast. Like the smallest amount of percentage that a player has played and still won the MVP uh, relative to the entire season, was like eighty six percent or eighty three percent, and it was like the year that uh, uh what's his nugget, nineteen seventy seven, uh, Bill Walton, the, the year that he won it. So it's not going to happen. It's definitely Jokic. Yeah, he's he's playing phenomenal basketball, like legendary basketball. Uh, but that's just that's where I stand on that debate. But you go back to this game that we have to play on Wednesday, and we are going against an MVP candidate who's averaging thirty points, eleven rebounds. He shoots what 50 54 percent from uh uh two point and 37 percent from a big man who averages 3.1 threes taken per game it's going to be interesting to see how the suns attack this game i don't know if they're going to have another big lineup but da is going to be drawn out he's going to be taken out of the paint in this one and he's not going to have the ability to get as many of the rebounds unless there's you know long rebounds from those misses yeah. but it'll be really interesting to see just remember though that the suns did beat them earlier in the season
0: yeah they did i mean they don't really struggle to same. Oh, voice crack there uh move on. Move along, John. hey look Whoa. we got a bucks fan in the audience hey guys a press bucks fan here good game and good luck the rest of the season thank you michael thanks for joining
1: it. us man tough competition you guys are Great and as we were way. saying earlier you guys are underrated i really think that they're gonna surprise some people come playoff time because you know what they play defense. All right, Matthew. Who wins the game? The Suns or the Sixers? I'll let you pick first.
0: I'm gonna go Sixers.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go Suns. Woohoo! I finally got one. All right, great. Now, uh, given everything that's going on and the fact that you're killing me this season, <laughs> it probably means the Sixers are gonna win. this I think it's gonna
0: have a great game. I just, I think the Sixers pulled out in a close one for sure.
1: Well, it'll be a fun game, and of course, you can join us here live right after the game. Because that's what we do here on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Thoughts? Um, brains? So real quick, I wanted to bring up a couple things. Uh, I did see earlier in the chat that some people were talking about Mo Wagner. I know Mo Wagner was recently released by whoever the hell he was playing for. Um, any thoughts on Mo Wagner? I know that even if we were to pick play him... Baseball? No, he's he, he's <laughs> oh, the four slash man. five from... Uh, he played with the Wizards. He's from Michigan. Oh. He was on that Michigan team that went to the Final Four. But I don't even know if it is It's a moot point because it's past the t- point of no return. Anyone you add to the roster right now is not eligible for the playoffs. But that being said, did you see who the Brooklyn Nets recently added to their roster?
0: Who did they add? Who did they replace Aldridge with? Mike James. Oh, did they really? Mike oh, James that's is now my, my player. 2K yeah. Universe, that's him.
1: <laughs> Mike James is now a member of the Brooklyn Nets, and if you don't know who Mike James is, welcome to the bandwagon. That means you are a post. The Suns have been really shitty for a long time. Bandwagon. We thought he was the truth when he played <laughs> number he 55 did. for the Phoenix Suns, uh, and the Suns yeah. have to play him play the the Nets later this week. Do you think that there is a Mike James revenge game out there? I don't
0: know, man. How could you have a revenge game against someone like a, a franchise that gave you the opportunity like the Suns did, right? I mean, they really gave him an opportunity. He had a couple of good did. games. They did. He looked so solid, especially uh, what in Summer League. He looked really good, too. And we were very excited to watch him play.
1: Yes, we were, and, man. I
0: mean, it didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, if you look this guy up, if, if you remember watching him, he was like my original 2K player. He just looked like a my player from 2K. So that's the one good thing he's got going.
1: Yeah, Mike James, as a member of the Phoenix Suns back in 2017-18, averaged 10.4 points a game, 3.8 assists a game, 1.5 turnovers a game, and shot 26%, almost 27% from three. Uh, he started wow. 10 games for the Suns and played in a total of 32 before the Suns traded him to the New Orleans Pelicans uh, that season. And I don't remember what we got back. Oh, no, we just waved him we just waved him. yeah oh mike james man yes as as uh gonzalo d says the dark days. She's the dark so,
0: oh I, man but i
1: swear that's what the nets do man they just i started grab my glasses they, they just collect all the former sons ever and just put them in a the bottle i mean that's all Mike. good old mike james but yes he is a member now of the uh brooklyn nets who we will be uh yes he was worse than isaiah canaan that's true. And I hated Isaiah Canaan, the one man, the one guy who <sighs> nice could stop time. a fast break all on his own. Every fast break would be a three-on-one fast <laughs> break. He's running up the court and he would just stop at the three-point yeah. land and just wait for everyone, the whole defense to go because he didn't know what to do. God bless you, Booker. Oh man, once upon a time. So uh, I think on that note, we're gonna wrap up this edition of the Suns jam session podcast. So this is a reminder again. Uh, For all those who are joining us live on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, hit the thumbs up button. Uh, We appreciate you coming here and hanging out with us right after this Suns win over the Milwaukee Bucks. If you want to, you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Uh, If you want to become an elite jamster, you can just click that join button or follow the link in the description. And if you want to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read them right here on the pod. Email the show session at gmail.com. You can follow the show at sunsjam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. And you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. And on that note, we're going to see you on Wednesday. It is a
0: 5 o'clock Arizona time game again? Uh, let me see. Actually, I haven't pulled up. No, I don't.
1: Because I know the Boston game is a 4 o'clock start. So... That means we'll be going live here, you know, obviously an hour and a half out or two out two and a half hours after that game.
0: Four o'clock, right? Are we still three hours behind?
1: We're three hours behind.
0: Yeah, so it's seven o'clock Eastern. So it's four o'clock start.
1: For the Sixers game? <laughs> yes. All right. Then there you go. So we'll see you here right. on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, everyone go home and love your family. Take
1: care, everybody.